my journey is also quite interesting and and it might be quite similar to people who work in NTDs for at least uh, a good 10 years out of these 15 I worked in in all those different things other than NTDs so I've been working in NTDs for the last about 6 years and like I said I, when I speak with other people who work in NTDs the answer I usually get is how did you get into entities is by accident and the same thing happened to me i happened to chance on effect hope and uh, they said yeah you've worked in liberia you worked in uh, east africa you worked in asia entities are in all these places and so you come and work with us this is the public health insight podcast before we move on it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. So we talked about what neglected tropical diseases were, its burdens, its causes and its geographical distribution. But now I want to get into some of the work being done in the global NTD space. So we're fortunate here to have two interesting perspectives, one having a more academic and research background and the other having experience from the NGO side of neglected tropical diseases. And I know that means the best place to first start is by finding out how each of you got interested in neglected tropical diseases. So, Alison, you received your Master's of Science in Public Health and your PhD from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. So it's clear that you've had some interest in public health. But how specifically did you find your way into working with NTDs? Um, so it's a great question. Uh, I was I I was a HIV AIDS person um that was the kind of um I was a Peace Corps volunteer uh worked for the National AIDS program in Gabon um and then worked with the Médecins Sans Frontières and an HIV AIDS program and and was doing a lot of health promotion and uh trying to to get people to change their behavior and uh there was a a german government program that was working on lymphatic filariasis in eastern indonesia and uh my colleague said well why don't you come over and do lymphatic filariasis and i said i don't even know what that is <laughs> said i'm hiv aids that's what i know and he said no 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 it's all the same theory you just learn a new disease and that was in uh, gosh i don't even know now 2000 in 2003 uh and so i switched over and never went back <laughs> so i touch you know you touch into to that field a little bit here and there it's moved on really a lot in 20 years so yeah it was just kind of shifting gears uh same theory but different disease very interesting how one person can be so influential to your career path yeah for sure so manish For more than 15 years you focus on a variety of issues, you know, affecting child and maternal health, but what made you focus specifically on NTDs? Uh my journey is also quite interesting and and it might be quite similar to people who work in NTDs for at least uh, a good 10 years out of these 15 I worked in in all those different things other than NTDs. So I've been working in NTDs for the last about 6 years. And like I said, I, when I speak with other people who work in NTDs, the answer I usually get is, "How did you get into NTDs?" is by accident. <laughs> <laughs> and and the same thing happened to me. I happened to chance on Effect Hope, and uh, they said, "Yeah, you've worked in Liberia, you worked in uh, East Africa, you worked in Asia, 
entity design all these places and so you come and work with us <laughs> uh, so that's how I started and uh, and yes I was uh, you know I am originally from India and uh, I have seen these uh, entities like uh, lymphatic fluorisis and leprosy firsthand um, of course STH we all get it when we are you know growing children um, and um, I never thought that I would work in this this specific area of entities but here I am it's funny how accidents can lead you to something that's so influential and helps you make a big impact. Yeah. Discovering uh, your passion by accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or being very opportunistic when you're <laughs> when you're young and somebody offers you a job, you say, Okay. <laughs> I'll try lymphatic filariasis. I don't know. <laughs> True. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, th thanks for sharing a bit about your backgrounds and how you got into your NTD work. But if you could expand and talk a bit about uh, currently what you're doing to tackle neglected tropical diseases. And I know Allison, I work with Allison. She's an investigator at Breer's Research Institute and the chair of the steering committee for CNNTD. Uh, what, what kind of work are you currently involved in, Allison? Um, great question. <laughs> uh, I, I guess uh, I'll highlight two things that I'm uh, that I'm really interested in right now from a research perspective. Um, one, well, well, I'll say three, but I'll be fast. Uh, one is around this whole issue of, of non-adherence, Gordon, that you raised, and <laughs> uh oh, uh, uh -oh. No, no, I'll be quick. Uh, you know, particularly as we reach the the last mile for a lot of these programs, you know, where we're really trying to find the people we've missed is really to understand who are those people and it's they're really issues around equity you know who are we consistently missing in our programs and why why are we missing them and how do we tweak and fix our programs so that we make sure we get uh, those migrant workers uh, nomadic people women uh, you know certain uh, men fishermen men in general for for lymphatic filariasis we have a challenge so kind of finding those mispopulations and, and addressing that. Um, the second thing I'm really interested in right now is the female genital schistosomiasis and really trying to, to, um, to, to demonstrate a holistic way of uh, looking at this. So um, we have a project that's funded through Grand Challenges Canada um, with partners uh, in uh, Madagascar and Ghana uh, to, to look at this from a holistic approach um, also partners in the U.S. So um, that's exciting, and, and I'm, I uh, look forward to kind of seeing how that's going to contribute to our dialogue on, on this condition. And then lastly, I'm just interested in the volunteers, the people that are delivering the drugs, and how do we support them better, and how do we ensure um, that they can carry out their work in a way. They, these people serve their communities day in, day out. Uh, at great cost to themselves and I, I think we can do better in how we support them and a lot of these volunteers are being pulled into COVID-19 activities and so mm -hmm. we have a project right now funded through Ascend um, to look at how to improve well-being and resilience amongst these volunteers. Wow, it seems like the theme I'm getting from these different passions and areas of your expertise is you go to the places that are often ignored. For example, uptake of, of medication. I can easily see people 
in the past, for example, saying, oh, well, people aren't taking it, it's fine. You know, we'll just target the people who are, but you want to know why are they being missed? And, you know, even focusing on FGS that you mentioned is often ignored and the volunteers. So you have like a passion for the underdog, you know, to find those people who are missed. I like that. Social and behavioral <laughs> sciences. Yes, the equity piece. <laughs> So thank you for sharing. Um, so Manish, you had mentioned Effect Hope and you are currently the director of international programs. And I was hoping you could speak a little bit more about Effect Hope as an organization and also your role within the broader context of NTDs. Thank you, Linda. Um, at Effect Hope, we have been dedicated to um, you know this mission to combat NTDs for over 125 years, the, the old organization and we are currently investing in programs that uh, try to make a positive impact in lives of people affected by by entities um, we are working with our partners in in both Africa and Asia um, and uh, we uh, try as I said before we work with diseases uh, that uh, require case management or intensify uh, disease management like leprosy lymphatic fluorisis uh, among others, and uh, also try to tackle, uh, you know, some of the consequences uh, that they cause, like disability, stigma, uh, mental health issues, and and even poverty. So that's um, that's what we try to do at Effecto. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I think it's good to find out, um, you know, the particulars of your organization's work as well as the focus of your specific work within the organization. So. I want to bring it even higher level than that and talk about from the global context. So since 2010, a uh, significant process has been made in terms of um, NTDs. And as of today, uh, I believe 600 million people uh, no longer require interventions against several NTDs, which is a good thing. Um, and the latest numbers suggest that 42 countries, territories, or areas have eliminated at least one NTD. Um, so in your line of bring it back down to your line of work, um, are there any success stories that stand out for each of you related to to NTDs um, that you can speak to any kind of personal organizational uh, milestones that you, you'll be able to share? I think one of the most exciting things that I've been part of um, was the uh, acceptability work component that um, uh, study that I did for a new drug regimen for lymphatic filariasis. So uh, there are three drugs that are used for mass drug administration for lymphatic filariasis, but they hadn't been used together, the three of them. And so it had been sort of posited over the years, well, gee, what if, what if? And um, there was a clinical trial that was done that showed in a small number of patients that it was like unbelievable the way that it reduced um, microfilaria or kind of the baby worms of lymphatic filariasis. And so uh, under Gary Weil at Washington University in St. Louis, um, uh, he led uh, with Chris King uh, in uh, Case Western Reserve University. They led a large study across five countries to look at the safety and efficacy of these three drugs. Um, and I kind of came along to say, well, what about the acceptability of these three treatments? You know, now we're giving people more pills. Are they going to have more adverse events? Uh, and it was just, it was a tremendous uh, experience. Uh, it was funded by the Gates Foundation. 
Um, and we just, it was a roller coaster of about a year of just intense work, um, traveling all the time, setting things up. Uh, and we basically went from uh, the first treatment given during the safety and efficacy trial. Uh, it was a, I, within a year of that trial started, we were having a guidelines meeting at WHO to shift uh, to, to see if we can use triple drug treatment for lymphatic filariasis. And then within, within a couple weeks of that decision at WHO, uh, Merck announced a drug donation to support uh, the rollout of IDA um, in countries that were eligible to use it. Uh, so I don't think in my career, again, I will experience that incredible kind of rush of um, you know, going from evidence to po global policy to drug donation, you know, within a period of about 14, 15 months. It was just extraordinary. And the global collaboration was also just extraordinary. Um, so I'm very proud to have been part of that team. And uh, we continue to roll that out in and support countries that are introducing that new treatment so i'm that's probably a highlight for forever for my career <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome allison i've not been uh, you know that lucky to have something so specific as a highlight uh but over the you know the last five six years that i've been working in entities uh one of the successes that i uh i'm really proud of um that uh, we've been able to be part of is uh, strengthening NTD services within within some health systems. Um, particularly, I would mention Liberia, part of Nigeria because it's a much much bigger problem. Uh, they say Nigeria gives a birth to uh, Liberia every year uh, because <laughs> of the population size. So we've done little bits in Liberia. Um, or big bits in Liberia, small bits in Nigeria, and then also in India and Bangladesh, where what we've uh, what we did was uh, focused our work to really, um, you know, first target uh, improvement of uh, the policy within the country. Um, like I mentioned before, bringing together some of the synergies in uh, you know uh, these uh, diseases that um, are called case management entities. Um, and, and bring them under one umbrella uh, within the NTD framework. And then do things like training of health workers, facilitation of tools and mechanisms for referrals all the way from the community to the primary care centers, um, you know, and um, through awareness and education and building partnership within NTD affected people as well um, and, and their organizations. Um, thereby what we did was, uh, while we strengthened the the services on the supply side of the health system, we also ensure that the communities know that they can demand for these services, that these are rights that they they, they you know should have, and um, thereby you know trying to improve health in general. Thanks for um, sharing uh, some of your uh, career highlights, if you will, and, su and success stories. I think we can definitely draw some inf inspiration from those. But, you know, sometimes we forget the challenges in our work because of the difficulties um, and those kind of maybe painful memories. Um, but there are definitely lessons to be learned when things don't go quite the way we planned. So if you could also speak to some of those challenges each of you faced uh, in your line of work and the lessons that you learned and took away from it. 
Oh, Gordon, you've stumped us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've never had challenges ever? No, no. You know what comes to mind? I, I am um, early days. So this was like to almost 20 years ago uh, when, I, when I went to work for the German government. And uh, I was in this little town in Alor. Alor is a district in eastern Indonesia. Like I used to say, you go to the end of the earth and then you kind of go past the end of the earth a little bit further. Beautiful, beautiful part of the world. And we were doing a, a pilot project to do a mass drug administration for lymphatic filariasis because we wanted to demonstrate to the government of Indonesia that this was a viable option for Indonesia. And I, I, I went to the village leader's house and in Indonesia, you have to, you have to eat, you know, you go to the house and you have to eat. And, and I learned quickly that you have to have seconds, right? Because if you only have one thing, it's not enough. So you always, they always say, Maltamba. it's like, do you want more? And you always have to say, oh yeah, yeah, I'll have more. And you have to add two or three times. So you always take a little bit of rice because you have to have at least two more servings of rice. And so I had eaten in this gentleman's house, you know, with his family and they do this big thing and he was a partner and then um, we got in the car and we were going to go back and he said, no, no, you have to go to my other house and have a meal there. And I said, oh, you know, thank you very much, but we've just eaten, eaten very well and we should, you know, get going. And he was angry with me and he said, well, if you don't want to eat in my house, then you don't work in my village. <laughs> so so mm -hmm. we go, yes, of course, would be delighted to, you know, eat <laughs> again and eat and that's absolutely fine. And, you know, I just learned that... Um, these things are so important, you know, and you have to kind of put aside your own, I don't know, assumptions about, uh, you know, where you come from and, um, and accepting, ex you know, accepting that hospitality, which yeah. I thought I had done, right. <laughs> but I hadn't done it, you know, to the extent that it needed to be yeah. done. And it really just kind of reminded me that those little things make a huge difference and can make a huge difference in the success of your program. Um, and it goes back, Linda, to what you said and, about uh, building trust. And trust, it's, yeah. it's things like eating in someone's house builds trust. Yeah, I think I have uh, many similar stories to tell as well. Just <laughs> just to speak a little more broadly of challenges, I think, um, you know, in, in all our work in strengthening health systems or strengthening entity services within health systems where you are trying to improve policy, trying to, in, you know, uh, provide your inputs and, and uh, your advice towards, um, you know, the improvement of policy. There is, uh, you know, that whole element of building the trust with, uh, with, with your partners, uh, with your NGO partners in the countries, with with the government counterparts there, with policymakers, and it's a it's a slow building of relationship over a period of time, is when you will actually see the results, um, you know, uh, in the end. So uh, we've had really good partnerships in countries like Liberia and Bangladesh, and and parts of India, where but it has taken you know a long time to build that trust, and uh, sometimes you see even if. You know there are people who are willing to do that there is this uh, you know this challenge huge challenge of uh, not having a political commitment uh, within within the system to do it because we know um, the entities why they neglected is because they neglected within their own health systems and they are not given the, the the finances to to improve they're not given you know the attention because uh, again like we said in the beginning 
these are not diseases that are really killing people but over time i think uh, by building good relationships we are able to overcome these challenges but it takes a long time it sounds like you guys are uh, both of you are relationship building experts from all of your experience <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how covid 19 you know you can't go to the field and that's where you build a lot of these relationships so you know um zoom is not a good substitute for having a meal together or meeting face to face or drinking tea together or whatever so um yeah we'll see how that challenge <laughs> brings a greater challenge into that relationship building mhm such an interesting point yeah i'm already feeling that you know having been away from the field for a whole year almost yeah. um not having you know face to face meeting with with some of the people in the government especially you are able to speak to you know your ngo partners mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but uh, i think it will definitely have an impact on on uh, on some of our work so um january 30th is world ntd day and this is a great opportunity to raise awareness of some of the work that's happening in global health and i know public health insight is doing this podcast to raise awareness and they're also working on a uh NTD flipbook um so can you two share a bit about what that day is about and share a bit about um the 2021 2030 NTD roadmap as well and maybe how those two things align So we're really excited. It's the second annual World NTD Day. The the last one we had uh last year was the first time we've done it. Uh and it's an opportunity to raise awareness about neglected tropical diseases and also to um raise awareness within the community and also externally with with people who don't know about these diseases and why they're so important and there's a really terrific uh video right now on the Uniting to Combat website which I would encourage people to go look at which talks about making the unseen seen uh and and really like really taking these neglected conditions and raising their profiles so that people are aware of them and you know particularly right now with we're very focused on covid-19 um but we don't want to lose the gains that have been made um and we also don't want to forget people who continue to be exposed uh to these um diseases and so it's really an opportunity to to highlight uh and to really galvanize action um towards the next decade of action so um the WHO NTD roadmap is being launched on the 28th of January and so we're really excited about that and how we can support uh the goals that are laid out in the roadmap uh to um uh, to bring us forward towards you know uh achieving the uh the SDGs which include uh neglected tropical diseases uh, as one of their goals yeah I, w- i would just add from from our discussion on the challenges and where i mentioned political commitment uh is is one of the huge huge challenges uh that we we see um at the national level at the global level and so this celebration of the world entity day is really to push that um you know um that ball forward where we you know along with so many strategies that we have in addressing the diseases themselves we also need to do um you know a huge amount of advocacy for the people who are affected by these diseases these uh you know there needs to be a holistic approach that is being provided now with the new 2030 roadmap um and and so it needs to be hand in hand with some of these advocacy approaches for for this grand challenge of uh you know uh entities that is affecting 1.7 billion people 
And even those of us here in Canada, like we could write to our MPs and ask them, are you going to acknowledge World NTD Day? I think sometimes we forget if we're not, you know, in a target area, we can't do anything, but we can do a lot of advocacy from Canada. Absolutely. And I, I think, Linda, one of the one of the things that we've been saying for years within the Canadian network is NTDs are the missing piece. So, you know, Canada's had a real focus towards maternal child health, uh, women and girls health. They haven't specifically focused on NTDs, but by ignoring them, it's kind of like this hole, <laughs> you know, you can take care of a, a woman's, uh, make sure she has a healthy pregnancy, but if you don't deal with deworming, uh, uh, you can't do that. Or a child is born and grows up in an environment where they're infected by worms. You know, you can't, you can't expect uh, them to do as well in school, um, mm. for example. And so we've really seen NTDs as a missing piece. And so I think uh, Canada needs to, to, to be, they are engaged and need to be engaged more because um, we're, we're not, we're leaving a gap in our mm -hmm. efforts if we don't uh, address NTDs. And mm -hmm. tools are there. The, don the treatments are donated. There's a whole, you know, there's a, a huge community um, that's, that's uh, working together. So it's, I always say the party started, you know, come <laughs> and join the party <laughs> to, to get, get rid of these ancient diseases. Mm -hmm. And just to add to that, with a small investment in NTDs, uh, Canada's big, huge investment in MNCH and SRHR can can be multifold by this little investment in entities. So it is really the missing gap in in our Canadian uh, uh, support to uh, to global health. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you both mentioned it because by addressing these diseases, like you mentioned, there's consequences. Children. Mothers aren't able to provide to their children. Children are, get sick and are not able to attend school. If you don't get an education, you don't, you're not able to get a higher paying job, regardless of what context you live in. And then that kind of perpetuates that vicious cycle of, of poverty. Um, so there's a lot of consequences and a lot of positive kind of downstream effects and upstream effects that we can get by addressing mm -hmm. NTDs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the best studies, um, and I we we had one that was done in Indonesia years ago around the household expenditure for for lymphatic filariasis, and and when you present that to a government official in the country where you're working, it's astounding, mm -hmm. and they say, wait a minute, I have a free treatment. To get rid of this, all I need to do is to put a little bit of effort towards uh, towards delivering this drug for a sh for a period of time because it's not for forever, and we can get rid of this, and it's an easy sell. Mm -hmm. um, you know when you when you have the the right information at your fingertips. So you're absolutely right, Gordon. The downstream impacts of getting rid of these diseases are are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean the conversation most definitely doesn't end here. Um, you both mentioned all the great work that has happened and is currently ongoing. So what what has to be done next? What types of supports are required to make sure that we can reduce the burden of NTDs? And what are some practical things um, listeners or anyone who's interested in neglected tropical diseases um, can do? Watch the CN Tower on January 30th because it's going to turn orange and get on social media and be active. Visit our website, the Canadian Network for NTDs with lots of messages, um, uh, ways to get involved. Uh, depending if you're a student and young professional, every year we have an ambassador program that happens. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. 
There's a global movement, global youth movement for NTDs that's being coordinated from Uniting to Combat, um, which is really exciting and kind of looking at how to get young people involved in this space. Um, write your MP, for sure, Linda. This is important. Canada needs a comprehensive global health strategy. They need a framework to uh, galvanize the work that's the great work that Canadians are doing. So um, I think uh, the public needs to be aware about this. They need to be aware that leprosy is a biblical disease that still exists today, <laughs> you know, that we can get rid of. Uh, and, and this is a human right for people and we can do it. So we just, I think it'd be great to, to hear the voices of Canadians on this. In general, we just need to raise a little bit more awareness uh, why these diseases are called neglected is because we neglect them. Mm. Uh, and it is not just the policymakers, it's not just the donors, it's not just the endemic countries, but all of us are in this together. Uh, we all have a role to play. And uh, the more we talk about it, just like what you're doing here in, on this podcast, spreading awareness uh, on, on issues that um, make a huge difference in the lives of people who are affected. Um, is is what we need to do. So thank you for uh, for doing this, and uh, we have to keep doing more and more so that people are all aware of of such diseases, and we can take uh, you know the appropriate action. One point to also note is even in education curriculums. I, I remember even mm. myself. I didn't even I knew about tu- tuberculosis as a kid, and then when I went to MPH, I was like, oh, this is still an issue. And then I leave MPH and then, oh, there's something called NTDs that yeah. is even a more hidden issue than tuberculosis itself. So I think even in our education programs that are designed for teaching the future public health and global health leaders, we should probably perhaps do a better job of giving um, students opportunities to maybe be involved uh, with, with addressing you know NTDs. But any final words that are related to NTD or just yeah as a takeaway um, I'll give you both the opportunity to kind of summarize what's on your mind so I would end with um, um, somebody that often gets quote quoted in this space is a uh, um, dr. Bill Fahey who um, was the director of CDC um, and he always talks about seeing the faces of the people that we serve. Mm. And so we've talked about 1.7 million, billion, excuse me, we've talked about a lot of people, we've talked about, um, and I think what's important is to remember that, why is this important? Because these are people's lives. <laughs> and Absolutely. we can truly make a difference in people's lives in a way that is uh, extraordinary. Um, and so that's for me, the big call to action, you know, and, and that's why not going to the field is so hard because you become very disconnected from what you're doing. Uh, and to remember why, why you work long hours and why you are passionate about something is because it really is to make a difference in, in people's lives and to advocate for people who don't have the voices necessarily to be at the tables where we sit. And we sit at those tables because we're in Canada to use our voices to, to make sure that, um, that they, they can be heard. And there's no reason why we still have leprosy in 2021 or mm-hmm. lymphatic filariasis we can do better and i think um for me i'd like to see canada take a and canadians take an even greater role in this space yeah i think um alison put it really well uh, in terms of uh, you know really making a difference in the lives of people affected and mm-hmm. 
yes we would like to see that happen but how do we make that happen is by all of us taking action on this we all have have the power to do our bit and and that's what we must do we must do the right thing do things that that improve the lives of these people who are affected and it's not their fault that they're you know born in such situations it is it is how it is um and uh, we can all make a difference by by doing the right thing we just heard experiences from Allison and Manish who are working to reduce the burden of NTDs worldwide we touched on how they began to get involved in the NTD space success stories lessons learned and their thoughts on world NTD day and the newly released roadmap Though World NTD Day has just passed on January 30th, much work is left to be done. You can learn more about the NTD initiatives led by the Canadian Network for Neglected Tropical Diseases and Affect Hope by visiting their website, which is linked in our episode description. We hope that we have inspired you to think more deeply about these neglected diseases and become advocates in the fight to end the neglect. My name is LaShawn, your host for this episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our content and would like to stay up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To learn more about our community initiatives and how you can support us, visit our website at thepublichealthinsight.com. Join the PHI community and let's make public health viral.